Hi, I'm Pam Stone and welcome to Natural Health Simplified, where we help you cut through the noise and provide simple science-based strategies to help you live a healthy life. We know that kids are more prone to catching the common cold than adults. And stats do show that some kids can get up to 10 colds a year. And this, of course, can be very disruptive to school and general family life. Today's topic delves into this area, and we'll look at the role of nutrition in supporting children's immune system function, where the gaps might be, and what the evidence says. And we'll learn simple, child-friendly and parent-friendly tips to put into practice. To bring us these insights, I warmly welcome Leslie Braun, best-selling author and the director of Blackmore's Institute. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Pam. Now, can you firstly tell us what's actually normal for kids? What's the average number of colds children tend to get in a year? Oh, look, I'm glad you asked because some parents feel like their kids have got ongoing colds all the time. So first of all, I want to talk a bit about how a child's immune system is not exactly the same as an adult. Mm -hmm. And then I'll I'll answer your question. Is Mm. that okay? Yeah, sounds good. Go on. (laughs) A good example is the fact that on average, an adult can get between, say, two and four colds a year, whereas children often get many more. And as you say, some of them even get up to 10 infections in the same time frame, which is it's really tough for them and it's tough for their families. and, And obviously, they can miss a lot of school, which isn't good either. And the simple reason why is because they're young and they haven't had the chance to be exposed to as many viruses as adults, which means they haven't built that strong immune response to as many of the 200 plus different viruses that cause a cold. Mm. So obviously, as the children grow and they get exposed to more infections, their immune system starts to build a memory bank of these exposures, which means it's going to be more ready to pounce when it recognises one of these viruses coming through again. Mm -hmm. So you see, the immune system just keeps strengthening in this way, and typically it reaches a more optimal point somewhere in young adulthood. So typically a cold can last seven to 10 days for some kids and they could be suffering with colds for nearly a third of the year. So that must be really difficult for them and it is, I'm sure, really challenging for their families too. And when I think about how many days away from school and how many days away from their friends and their school activities, you can see how having frequent colds can have an impact on many aspects of their life. Mm, Yes, okay. So while they're building up this uh, immunity perhaps, uh, what can we do to help? Is there something we can still help to reinforce them as they develop? There are five key things that I think we should all consider, and it's not just for children because these same five things are going to be really important for adults. And the first one is diet and nutrition. Mm -hmm. So this needs to be the top of mind every single day. Adequate sleep's number two, and here I'm referring to quantity as well as quality of sleep. The third one is stress and being aware of stress levels and taking steps to ensure this doesn't get out of hand. The fourth one is physical exercise because moving is great for both the body and the mind. And the fifth one's hygiene. And this can be as simple as washing your hands on a regular basis, which I think we've all become a lot more accustomed to now with what we're going through. (laughs) But if you put all of these five factors together, they work really closely to create a natural shield, which helps guard against everyday infections like the common cold. But today, I think we're going to focus on the first point and just do a deeper dive into diet nutrition, because I think this is some areas, um, there's some areas in there that can get quite confusing for a lot of people. Okay, this sounds good. And of course, 
parents with even with the best of intentions are often time poor and children can be fussy eaters or have specific dietary needs and and they're on the go themselves and it can be a challenge I had twins, Leslie, actually, so I can I, I can identify with the juggling <laughs> and the challenges that exist with, you know, giving kids a healthy diet. Yeah. Look, the first thing I want to talk about is exactly that, what is a healthy diet? Because I, I, I'm constantly surprised by how many people aren't aware of what a healthy diet is. So let's just start there. Mm-hmm. So very simply, a healthy diet means eating two different fruits and five different vegetables every single day. Right, okay. So so two and five. And on top of that, it means eating grains, and preferably whole grains, so brown rice, brown bread. They're they're really the best forms. You need to have enough dairy and also enough protein, together with good oils, like the omega-3 fatty acids you find in fish. So when it comes to dairy products, that might be milk, could be yogurt, it could be cheese. And these are really important, especially for the calcium content, which is essential for healthy growth and development. And when it comes to protein, really the best sources are meat, chicken, fish, and even eggs. But I am hearing about a lot more children and even young adults who are becoming vegetarian or vegan. And for these children, it's really important for them to consider, and actually for their parents to consider, not just what they're taking out of their diet, but what needs to be put back in to compensate for the nutritional losses. Because suddenly they're eliminating whole food groups, which means they're going to be at risk of a whole lot of deficiencies if we're not smart, they're not smart about what they need to put back in there. And the last thing is making sure that kids drink enough water. So four to five glasses at minimum, and if they're playing sport, it's going to be a whole lot more than that. And at the end of the day, a variety is the key, a variety of fruits and veggies on a regular basis. Mm, yes, you've certainly highlighted some of the areas that can be a challenge as well to, to I guess, cover all these nutritional needs. And, mm. I, and I guess that's why parents have often learned to get creative and let's, let's say it's sneaky about how, <laughs> how to disguise yes. vegetables. <laughs> yeah. It's all about disguising those vegetables into their child's food. So a- any tips from you in this area? You know what, Pam? I'm going to flip this around because you just said you had twins and I can't even imagine what that was like. I mean, having one at a time for me was tricky enough. (laughs) So I want to hear from you. What were some of the tips and tricks that you found that worked? Ah, yes. Well, I did need to get (laughs) sneaky. I'm sure that my two collaborated to make sure that they just did not share any dietary uh, you know, likes. They <laughs> like different things. Oh, one tolerated dairy, the other one didn't, you know, so oh, made it, made, kept me on my toes. And therefore, I did develop my little strategies. That's right. Yeah, oh, you'd have um, to. Look, I mean, I, I, and I sometimes would give mine a little bit of a powdered supplement here or there or a probiotic or vitamin C. And I found that yogurt was, was a really good medium because they could both have a little bit of yogurt uh, for mixing anything in if you ever do want to add a supplement and, and hiding the, the taste or the, the um, existence of anything else. So yogurt's good. a good strategy. Mm. And of course, one that I think probably would be a lot of parents know about is, which worked for me, was making their milkshakes healthier by, by filling them up with bananas or blueberries or strawberries, getting those extra vegetables particularly into a milkshake. I, I even used to sneak in a bit of kale, you know, <laughs> just enough. That's great. <laughs> and both of mine, neither of mine liked fish. But I was really keen that they got their, their fish, their omega-3s, as you said, so I'm glad you mentioned that. And so I found that you could put a dash of fish oil or flaxseed oil into a smoothie 
uh, to, to tick the omega-3s without them detecting the presence of that. So that was a good one for me. And I, I guess quickly too, I liked the one bite rule. In other words, if they really dug their heels in and spat out their spinach or their whatever, I said, just try at least one mouthful, just one. And eventually the familiarity would sometimes create more of a, a liking for that. And I must say my go-to as well was was disguising cauliflower mash as mashed potato. Oh, that's Still a good. Go-to. Yep, they never knew the difference. Sorry, kids, if wow. you're listening to this, it was for your own good. <laughs> so, Pam, you were right on trend way before we've got into the whole cauliflower mash <laughs> now. Yes, exactly. I mean, just put a bit of steamed cauliflower on their plate. I know what would have happened to that. And it was, you know. <laughs> now, I want to ask you about the omega-3s. Did you snip open a capsule or um, use a liquid? How did you do that? Oh, I think it was a bit of both. Most Mostly it was snipping open the capsule, though, and just putting a little bit of the, the oil from the capsule, which w- would have been very fishy normally, but was well enough disguised for the amount mm-hmm. that they, you know, that I thought was okay for them within a, a, a fruit smoothie. Worked quite well. That sounds good. Mm. <laughs> I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> so, Leslie, t- t- talking about all of this and the omega-3s but other nutrients, a- any other key nutrients that you want to really highlight that nourish our kids' immune function? Well, when it comes to immunity, there's really four top nutrients that I always go to, and those are zinc and iron, which are two minerals, mm-hmm. and vitamin C and vitamin D. But I'm going to start with the mineral zinc because it's one of my favourites. And in fact, I used to do a lot of research on zinc. So very few people realise that zinc plays a role in every single living cell in the body. And it's actually considered one of the most important cellular building blocks. So it's important for growth and development, but also tissue repair amongst you know lots of other things. It's one of those nutrients that our body doesn't store for very long, which is just like vitamin C. Mm. So we have to take zinc in our diet on a regular basis. And when it comes to immune function, zinc is involved in many different aspects. It influences many different immune cells, which is why even a mild deficiency of zinc can affect immune function. The other thing about zinc, which is important to remember, is that compared to adults, children have got an increased requirement for zinc. So they're going to be at greater risk of zinc deficiency, and it's mainly due to their poor diets. Oh, gosh. So is is zinc deficiency very common? Is it seen in kids? Look, it's not very common, but you certainly do find it in children and, and adolescents, but particularly boys. In fact, there's a statistic showing around 28% of boys and 10% of girls aged between 12 and 15 years don't get enough zinc in their diets. There's also been some clinical trials showing that using zinc supplements in children have produced a reduction in the occurrence and duration of cold symptoms. So it's important to get enough zinc in the diet but you can actually use supplementation to get a result like that as well. Mm, Okay, so tell us about some of the foods that we should be trying to interest our kids in having to increase their zinc levels. Look, the best sources of zinc are found in animal products. So that's going to be red meat, fish, poultry. You do find some obviously in eggs, dairy and nuts. But we've got to remember that red meat provides the best source, followed by chicken, which have more than twice the amounts that you find in any of the non-meat foods. Mm. So, you know, it's really meat and poultry that are going to be the, the keys here to zinc intake. So I do get a little bit worried about our vegetarians because they're going to have trouble getting enough zinc. In fact, the recommended dietary intake 
for a vegetarian is 150% of the general population. And that's because the zinc you find in non-meat products is harder to be absorbed. So you're going to have, a, have to have a lot more of them compared to eating animal products to get you to the right zinc levels. So it's not just vegetarians. It's also the kids who are fussy eaters as well, particularly if they get colds frequently. You're going to have to consider how you get more zinc into them, and it might be time to consider a supplement. Mm, oh, that's interesting. And yeah, those zinc intake figures aren't ideal. Now, you also did mention iron before. Is there the same problem with iron? It's actually quite similar. So iron is another mineral and it's essential for so many different aspects of healthy body function. But just like zinc, children are at greater risk of iron deficiency or even a state that we call insufficiency. So it's not quite deficiency, but it's not optimal either. And often again, this is because they don't get enough iron in their diets. So the stats here show that approximately four out of 10 girls aged between 14 and 18 years of age don't meet the recommended daily intake levels of iron. Mm. So it's actually a really big problem in our community. And once again, the best sources of iron are meats and fish and poultry. You do find a little bit in whole grain cereals and dried fruit, some dark green leafy vegetables and even button mushrooms. But you're going to need to have a lot more because they're very poorly absorbed compared to the meat sources. So once again, I think about those kids that don't eat a lot of meat or fish or poultry. Um, They're going to be at risk particularly uh, girls over the age of 12 as well. So getting the iron into the diet on a regular basis is important um, and it might even be worthwhile getting the child's iron levels checked if they're getting colds on a regular basis. Yeah, it sounds like good advice. So what could be the impact of this iron insufficiency, as you say, on immune function? Well, there has been research showing that iron deficiency is associated with having an increased frequency and duration of respiratory tract infections in kids, which means they're more likely to get infections more frequently. And when they do have them, they last longer. So it's it's actually really simple to fix, but it can have a profound um, impact on kids' health. All right. So we've looked at zinc and iron. What about vitamin C and D? Tell us about their, what we need to know about them. I think vitamin C is one of those superstars everyone thinks of when they think about immune function, and it's absolutely the same for kids. It is one of those essential nutrients that we need to top up every single day because we don't store it for very long in the body at all. We also need it for normal function of the immune system. And as a bonus, vitamin C actually improves iron absorption. Mm. So it's really good to include some vitamin C when you're eating iron-rich foods, especially if you're a vegetarian. It'll just help you get that little bit more of the iron out of those foods. Now, you find it in fruits and veggies. So good sources include black currants and guava and citrus fruits. But it's not just fruits. You do find vitamin C in vegetables, particularly if they're fresh. So broccoli, capsicum and sprouts as well. But there's been some surveys showing that only one in 20, so that's only 5% of Australian children, are managing to eat the minimum amount of fruit and veggies every day. Mm. 5%, Pam. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I find it remarkable. We live in the land of plenty. There is food, you know, fruit and vegetables available everywhere. But children are just either not making the right choices or it's in their school lunches and they're just not eating it. So it's a big problem. Um, So vitamin C. Every single day, you know, check on your child's intake. Make sure they're getting some fruit and veggies that contain a lot of vitamin C. Wow, that's great. I mean, I'm still getting over that statistic, Leslie, that only 5% or, or 1 in 20 of Australian kids 
eating the, the minimum number of fruit and vegetables to satisfy their needs. Yes, we obviously need to be doing a better job sneaking those sprouts into their lunches, I think. <laughs> yes, doing goodness. something, that's goodness. for sure. Oh, goodness me. Now, tell us about vitamin D before we go. How is that important for children's immune health function? People think of vitamin C, but they need to be thinking about vitamin D. It's also really important for normal immune function. The, the key thing with vitamin D is you only find a small amount in food. So it's really important to get regular sun exposure, particularly for children as they're growing. Very, very important. So vitamin D, look for vitamin D, fortified foods, that's going to be helpful. Obviously, vitamin D from the sun is useful as well. But again, if you've got a child that just keeps getting cold on a regular basis, it might be worthwhile getting their levels checked. So, Leslie, you've given us great insights into the importance of good nutrition for children's immune system health. And all that. also, I've loved your great practical tips for applying these principles. So what's your take-home message for us today? I think the key thing is to remember what a healthy diet is. And you've got to be vigilant. It's every single day. Mm. And also when it comes to those key nutrients specifically for immune function, it's zinc and iron, vitamin C and vitamin D. Thank you, Leslie. That's, again, great advice. Thanks for sharing this with us today. Oh, my pleasure as always. You've been listening to Natural Health Simplified, powered by Blackmore's Institute. Thanks for joining us today. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. So please do get in touch at info at blackmoresinstitute.org. Tune in next time when we'll look at other ways we can help our kids do better against the common cold. I'm Pam Stone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.